Hayes Slaves. Hayes Dog. We're Dom and Slaves. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Dom and Slaves show for February 2017. I'm Dom Hennequin. And I'm Slaves. We are so glad to be back with you for another year. Year. Yes. Another year. We are still here. <laughs> How many years now has oh, it been? I don't know. 15? Tw- 25. 25. <laughs> and we are still kicking on as if it's day one. <laughs> We're still as professional as day basically one. Basically, we are. Yeah. Yeah. We've got a lot coming up this episode, including. A bonanza. <laughs> a bonanza. Bonanza. It's really a fire sale of content, really. Just <laughs> getting rid of it all. Getting it all out this it's episode. Really it just must kindling. Go. It's just kindling. We've been waiting months to talk about it, and it's got to go somewhere, so why not your mm. ears? Uh, we'll be talking about the Bodyguard Australia. We'll be talking about the Lightbird Awards, very oh. briefly. The Broadway season, and we'll have a, f- a review of a few shows that we've seen um, over our break fabulous and it's been quite a break hasn't it it really really has um and uh we'll get more into that uh in a moment first uh we do want to say a very quick apology um in the last episode of last year we were a little bit insensitive uh to the indigenous people with our mispronunciation um and sort of turning into into a bit of a gag um, with the Alambara Theatre in Bendigo. So we want to shout out to them. They're hosting the Guilds in 2017 in December and um, we meant no disrespect and we'll try a bit harder throughout the rest of the year to uh, hopefully not be as uh, offensive. That said... Can't promise anything, though. We can't promise anything. Um, we will try harder. Um, but first, Slevs. Mm. Let's move on. How are you going? I'm good. I'm well. I'm busy. I, yes, I, I cannot believe it's already February. Isn't it? It is just flying It's not even just part. February. It is the end. It's the end of February. Of February. Like it's, yeah, it's basically over. It's basically July. Yeah. By the time you hear this, it'll probably be March. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. It's just, yeah, it's insane. Lots happening. Um, yeah. What have you been up to? I have been up to a few little things. Um, on the on the personal front, <laughs> get that's yourself a boyfriend or something. I, no, no, I have not. Married, slaves. No, no, no. Put a ring on it. Still desperate and alone, but um, <laughs> personal front. Um, Jake and I are moving very soon. Um, <laughs> we're still living together. We haven't killed each other, so that's that's good. That's good. How long's it been now? Uh, well, we just finished. Our 12-month lease of the place we were in. Wow. Um, so one year. That's our one-year anniversary. Hashtag not a couple. <laughs> um, and yes, we're going to be moving very soon. We've put a lot of pressure on ourselves to get out of there by the middle of March, which yeah. is apparently now. Yeah. From what I understand, you don't know where you're moving. No. But, but it's quite soon. It'll be happening. So <laughs> stay tuned. Yes. Um, What's on the cards? Are you going to move to Brunswick East with me? Quite possibly. Possibly. It's not off the cards. Nowhere is off the cards at the moment. Tell so. you what I can't wait for. To you move, you For you to move into this building <laughs> and still not respond to my fucking texts for days. You know it. House lives. I wouldn't know. I don't know. I haven't heard from. Could be dead. <laughs> um, so, yes, that's happening. Um, in my... <laughs> We've done your personal life. It's What's my next? Personal life. That's about it. 
Um, in other things, I have been busy doing a few little bits and pieces, um, doing a show with Pep. Oh, yes. Productions doing Is There Life After High School, which Jake and I are both in. Mm. First show we've actually done together. Which this is the first show ever together. First show we've ever actually done together, which we said we'd never do. So we're breaking our own rule and Why doing a show Why would you never do together. it? We just had this thing of, it sounds a bit silly, but we always, we had this thing of like, the you're fact married, that we're, you live together. <laughs> we didn't, we didn't become, we we, technically we didn't actually become friends through doing a show. Yeah. You became um, friends through We became through friends through together. other friends and then living together. Um, so we were sort of like, maybe we won't even end up doing a show together. We don't tend to like, we don't really like the same shows you know, Jake doesn't tend to do shows that I wouldn't do, you know, that sort of thing. Mm. So, like, it may never happen. Well, here we are. <laughs> it's happening. How did this happen? Um, I did it. I, I auditioned and then Jake kind of just came in. <laughs> oh. At the, no, like, you know, we still they still needed boys. It's and it's uh, like, so Well, I'll do it. Asked. I'll do it. Yeah. Has that caused any tension, him being asked to do it and you having to audition? No, because I was, I mean, we were both kind of asked, but. Um, I mean, a moment ago you said uh, you auditioned. Well, we both still had to audition. Okay. Okay. Yes. Right. We both still auditioned, but. So still, you're still coping. Yes, we are, we are coping being in a show. And um, yeah, it's not on until April, but it's, yeah, it's just a a fun little show. Uh, with nine people, um, and it's it doesn't get done here very often, so it's you know that's exciting to do something a bit new and different. And, and is there life after high school? I will let you know. <laughs> I'm not sure at this point. There may not be, but we'll see. <laughs> is there life after this show? Maybe not. Oh well, get your tickets um, but, and <laughs> please buy a ticket. I don't think we've sold one yet, oh. so please buy one. Um, there you go. There's my plug. What a yeah, great indoors. Please come and see it. Yeah. There's some fabulous people in it. Um, anyway, so doing that, um, had the, as you mentioned before, had the Live Earth Awards um, mm. a couple of weeks ago. Give us a quick, a quick wrap quick, on that. A quick wrap up. Um, the Live or the, I don't know, the, the Eastern Suburb Guilds, Guilds, yeah. whatever you want to call them. The, um, yeah, it was a, it was a great night. I have to be honest. It was a very exhausting night for me this year because I put myself in a number of performances. Um, one was the pyjama game, which we were lucky enough to win quite a few awards on the night. The show yeah, did Ozmad last year. Yes. Thank you. Um, which was very exciting for Ozmad. They're a beautiful com- little company and the president was very emotional about the whole thing. Cause he, he really does put his heart and soul into the shows when he does them. The man's like, I don't know, 105 <laughs> and he's just beautiful. Um, <laughs> And he's not 105. He's, I'm not quite sure how old he is, but he's not that old. But he's a beautiful, beautiful person. And um, that was lovely for the company to win. We won like Best Production, a number of performances won. Um, and it also won for Direction, Choreography and Musical Direction as well. Wow. So Cleaned it was up. Quite, quite the sweep. Um, and we got to perform just after we won Best Production. So that's wow. always fun to do that. And it really... Did you kind of know you were going to win? no. We, we really were hoping because it was after we'd won quite a few. We were like, maybe we'll get this. And yeah. Mm-hmm. And when we do, it was just, yeah, it was great. Everyone was just overjoyed. And so what does this mean now? Does this become great. a launching pad for you into, uh, you know, a TV series <laughs> or a professional, <laughs> you know? After, I don't think so. I, I did after get... Hamilton cleaned up at the 20s. 
Um, who knows? Who knows what's on the horizon? I very much doubt it. But um, I, it's it's always funny when I do these kind of shows where, um, like, I really, I, I'd spoken on previous episodes while I was rehearsing for the show how much I was enjoying it. And yeah. How, Wonderful it really was. And um, I actually missed the viewing night of the show. Unfortunately, I couldn't make, make it. I had another rehearsal. But yeah. I saw some clips um, that some that um, I got sent. And they yeah, it was really nice seeing the show. from Because you never get to see it from an audience point of view. No. And it was really great to see just how good it actually looked. Um, it did look good. You know, it was visually quite good and how strong some of it the was performances were. Yeah, yeah. Really it was visually were. very professional, I thought. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I hate watching myself at the best of times, but it was, you know, it was nice oh, to kind on. of, no, I honestly, <laughs> I'm the last person to sit there and be like, I was amazing. <laughs> I hate people that I'm do that. I've said it before on this show. Have I? That's an outrageous Play lie. the tape. <laughs> <laughs> Press play. Um, no, honestly, I've just, yeah, I'm the last person to, you know, shove my head up my own ass. So, um, <laughs> which a lot of people really enjoy doing, but um, I don't. And you met them all at the library. And I met them night. all at the library. They're all <laughs> wonderful p- members of this <laughs> community. Wow. Um, no, anyway, so I, um, yeah, it was just nice to watch the show and yeah, I just remember how wonderful it was and yeah, it was just great. But yeah, so the night was wonderful. It was great to win some awards. I was involved in a couple of other performances as well. Um, so yeah, it was it was quite a tiring evening in the end. Um, but you know, another lie bed's over. It was it was a great night again. Um, ceremony went for far too long, uh, which is unlike the lie birds. It's not Who like them it? to be. Jonathan White <laughs> hosted this. Jono White. Now I will say this: Jono did do. A wonderful job. It, it's not an easy job because he also directed the ceremony and hosted. Um, and it's not easy. And he did quite well considering um, it was quite stressful for him, I know. And um, it's, you know, it's... Let me a, ask you something. Why would you do it? I don't know. Ask. I asked him myself. Because I want us to find out. <laughs> <laughs> I am still waiting for us to be asked Still to waiting. No. Um, yeah, he, he really did do a very good job. Um of hosting and directing. Now, I heard he opened the show with. He did. The, so a the opening. Hamilton, a James Corden Hamilton rip. It was absolutely a complete rip of the Tony Awards opening of that year with the Hamilton cast. Basically, what he did was John Guthrie Jones came out and as if oh. he was hosting. Not came out, sorry. He's married <laughs> with children. Came out as if he was hosting the awards and then. Like, like, cause he received a phone call asking him to host like on stage, like the phone rang and he was like, it was this whole skit of him being Sounds like, funny. Oh, okay. I'll host the Liebirds, blah, blah, blah. Here's my fee. And then Carl McNamara came on stage and was like, we can't afford you. We'll have to get a cheaper Jono 50%, you know, a discount Jono. And then Jono White came on stage. So that was kind of <laughs> the whole gag. Funny for those, you know, it were very much an in joke. Um, yeah. I, I think there was enough people there that got it. So <laughs> it worked. And then we kind of launched into this opening number, which was literally the Alexander Hamilton number, but rewritten um, some, I would say quite cleverly um, by Amy Bryans to be about Jono White. Love it. And came across quite well, considering it was very under-rehearsed um, with the <laughs> performers. But um, yeah, but came went across very well. So that was good on you, 
Uh, I really, but he did do a, a great job for the night. It was just unfortunate that the ceremony went quite long, which meant uh, because they have a dinner afterwards, the dinner was quite late and ended up being quite a late night. But other than that, yeah, it was um, it was yeah, just a, a lovely night. Well, that's great. Mm. I'm glad you uh, had a good time. Yes, you were exhausted by the end. Of the I day. was exhausted, but um, but no, it was good. And then um, uh, the following week, I had a concert with Il Davo, which was um, yeah. For those who don't know, for those who don't know, it was a group a few that, of you that don't know. It's, it's a group that I'm in that we started a couple of years ago for a show called Suits Two, which was a variety show, Battle of the Bands thing. It's very much a. a piss take of the whole Il Devo popper mm. style of, of singing. And we've just kept going <laughs> since that show. We've just kept going on. <laughs> we just did a con- we did a concert last I year. I um, that that is going to be the motto for every amateur theatre company <laughs> out there. Because after a while just you realise. Just keep going. Yeah, I feel like after two years you realise, oh, this business model doesn't actually like get us anywhere. Doing this doesn't get us anywhere like professional. But what do we do? We pick up and we keep that going. That is it. That is the spirit. We just keep going. <laughs> and we another show, another part, another. <laughs> let's just keep doing it. Just keep pushing along. Absolutely. And I, we did a. You know, we've we've done a couple of gigs. We did a gig last year in Bansdale. Um, we Bansdale. Bansdale. Good old Bansdale. We just did one a concert last week, which was a one night only kind of thing, um, mm-hmm. and really in preparation for a big gig that we're doing next month. Yeah, this is big. It's big for us. Yeah. Um, firstly, it's our, the first gig we're actually getting paid for um, money, a real money, real money. Um, and it's uh, at the Opera by the Lakes event, which is hosted every year just outside of Lakes Entrance. So it's a huge thing for the Gippsland area, um, so I'm told. Lots of people. <laughs> so I'm led to you believe. Sounds skeptical. Lots of people go to it. It's a big outdoor kind of festival thing. It's uh-huh. a it's a whole day event. Last year the headliner was David Hobson, and this year it's Sylvie Palladino. Yeah, I thought you were going to say something really bad then. And this year it's us. It's us. No, it's not <laughs> us. Absolutely not. It is Sylvie Palladino. There's us. There's a, a number of other acts as well. Combination of opera singers and instrumentalists etc yeah um but it should be a wonderful day for everyone um <laughs> and <laughs> yes we're so, back we're back i'm disgusting sorry had an so, aneurysm or something i did yeah so we're, we're very much looking forward to that um and we're kind of just in rehearsals for that gearing up for it awesome mm. well i can't wait to see that can't wait for my free ticket I only get one, I believe. Thank you. Um, yeah. <laughs> sure, continue. Anyway, that's my life currently in a nutshell. Sounds good, doesn't it? it uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? Is that going to be your slogan for the year? Uh, and that's my day. Sounds good, doesn't it? <laughs> Sounds like I should end it. Good God. <laughs> well, great. Awesome. Mm. Um, well... We've got a lot to get to. We do. We do. (laughs) Let's get into it. Now, a few Australian productions uh, were announced at the end of last year. And we're starting to see them sort of begin to roll them out, or at least the publicity for them. Now, uh, was it this week or last week or very recently we saw Paulini come out um, in preparation for The Bodyguard? Yes. 
Now you <laughs> you've seen the press. Uh, I've seen the press videos. There's been a few things kind of come How's it looking. Up. Look, firstly, I mean we've spoken about that this show on the Bodyguard on this podcast before. Yes, the fact that as a show, it has got some real problems um it's you know it's been on the it's been on the west end it's, it's still playing on the west end no here's what, what happened it? i got a bit of insight into this actually um it, it, so basically it opened on the west end um in i don't know like 2013 2014 something like that like a few right. years ago with heather headley yes um then it was uh i remember they put out some announcement we spoke about it on this show they closed it down um, but they claimed that it was because the theatre that they were in was booked and they kept extending, extending, but then, you know, another show was coming in. They were like, oh, well, let's call it here, which sounded a little bit um, strange to me. Mm. Then they took it on the road. So they've been doing, and that's what they've been doing for the last few years. And now it's just arrived back. Back in West on the End. West End. Right. But, from what I hear, um, I was in London recently, and um, one of a friend of a friend who's um, a producer was um, actually talking about it and how the version that we're getting here is the national tour version from London, right? Which is also going to Broadway, yes. Which is a <laughs> rewritten kind of version of mm. the the original version that was on the West End, and apparently it's just not very good. No, well, I mean, look, let's. Let me just read. This is from the Australian um, musical website. The Australian production of the of the show. You know, it's the premise. I feel like it, this is where you're beginning. <laughs> Based on the Warner Brothers film written by the acclaimed Academy Award nominated screenwriter Lawrence Kasdan, and then lists his credits: Raiders of the Lost Ark, oh. The Big Chill, and The Empire Strikes Back. Oh, with a book by Academy Award winner Alexander Dinalaris. Birdman is as his is his credit. This extraordinary production is currently dazzling audiences in London's West End, Germany, and Utrecht. I don't even know where that is. Yeah, I don't know where Utrecht is. Um, just completed a sellout tour throughout the UK, Ireland, and Europe, and later this year productions will open in Korea, Italy, and the US. Now, <laughs> so yeah, they had this big launch at the Regent Ballroom for the show, which was tacky as fuck. I mean. They, it always is. I, it, I mean, but it, this is this show. This show is pure tackiness. Mm. It is. Mm. Um, so, Paulini, who just Paulini, no, yeah, no she's last just name. Credited as she's Paulini. now just been credited as Paulini because yeah. apparently she's at a level where we, she doesn't need a surname. Um, so, I mean, for those who don't know who Paulini is, once upon a time she was on Australian Idol back in the day. Um, since then, she's released a bunch of albums. Um, you know, she was in the Young Divas for a while. You know, been a solo artist, etc. Never been on stage as a in a show. Yeah, never. Ne- yeah, she's never, never been. Never in, acted. No, she's never acted. Um, and she's headlining the show in the Whitney Houston role from the film. Um, Kip Gamblin. <laughs> Who it doesn't even sound like it a, sounds a like real a made name. up. I know, doesn't it? He's playing the bodyguard or Frank Farmer, which is um, the love interest. And Kip Gamblin, I was saying to Dom earlier, is really famous for simply being in Australian soaps. Um, he used to be on Home and Away, and he's now on Neighbours. He's done both. Um, 
I believe he was once a member of Tap Dogs. But again, not a musical theatre performer. If you had done both, there's a few actors that have done this recently, I feel. If you have done both Home and Away and Neighbours, mm. I just don't feel like that's where your ambitions began. No, no. Like he's very much a, a known as a dancer. Like he, he's, he has... He has been a dancer yeah, in the past, in, yeah, but he, but he's certainly has not he done a lot of musical theatre. No, not at all. Okay, he's done like quite a few, like because um, he was quite known as a ballet dancer. Oh, so he's been in quite a few okay. ballet companies mm-hmm. and done bits and pieces around that. Um, but it, yeah, mostly been in soaps. He was in a BBC soap for a while as well when he was um, overseas. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, really. Outside of that, no, no yeah, sort of musical yeah. theatre, no musical theatre experience. And the other kind of lead of the show, um, which is the sister of the main character, um, is being played by Prinny Stevens. Right. Um, who was apparently... <laughs> <laughs> that could have been your answer there. What? Who? Well, that's it. Apparently... <laughs> I got nothing. Apparently she's was performed in the Australian premiere of Rent. Um, okay. Back in the As day. As like Mimi? No. She was 17, so I can't imagine. It doesn't mention that she was in a role, but um, she, yeah, she was on The Voice. So she's also come from that kind of reality television, um, you know, pops talent show mm-hmm. crowd mm-hmm. Um, is where she made her claim to fame. Um, she re- apparently recently made her return to musical theatre from whenever that was, years ago, um, and made her West End debut in London with Thrill Alive, which is the Michael Jackson tribute show. Oh, wow. Um, and she then starred in Bonnie Lithgow's production of Aladdin at the State Theatre. Anyway. So, yeah, Prinny Stevens, and there's a bunch of other losers in it. But it's, yeah, it, um, I just, I, as I say, I watched the launch, I watched the launch videos, they're on YouTube, yeah. of, um, and she sang a couple of their main numbers, I Will Always Love You, I Have Nothing, and, and Run to You, which is a duet with Prinny Stevens. I think it was a combination of Paulini being quite nervous at the launch, her voice is quite shaky. Um, so she doesn't really nail any of the songs, in my mm. opinion. Um, I I don't dispute that Pauline is a very, very talented singer. Um, I believe I've even purchased her albums over the years and probably <laughs> own them. I think she's a great pop singer, yeah. um, you know, and that with that kind of style. But I really am concerned for her taking on this role because she really has no experience in theatre. And I think she's going to be a little bit, as much as this is a jukebox show that relies on, you know, sure, I can see why she's been cast. She can sing these songs. She's a pop singer. We can just kind of gloss over everything else. But I really am concerned because, you know, she's headlining the show having no stage experience and she really could drown. And if the launch is anything to go by, it's not looking good because she really kind of struggled at the launch. Um you know, with nerves. So we'll see. But I, I don't... It's going to be, yeah, I, I assume it, it'll be a bit of a baptism by fire yes. for her in this case. Like she'll just have to, um, you know, cope 
Yes. <laughs> it's like it. And she might thrive. I mean... She might. She may know. do. You but never know. And look, you know, this will be one that the plebs flock to, I'm sure. You know, the film... Even to sell the show, I don't know who else they would have cast, I guess yes. is the thing. Yes. You know, that that's really it. Like, and... Yeah, maybe maybe a star will come out of this, maybe not. Mm. Yeah, we'll find. I out. just think as a as a first kind of point, though, that launch was just not not great. It wasn't. It seemed I don't know. It seemed kind of slapped together. It probably was. Yeah, it really kind of seemed rushed and under rehearsed. Um, she really wasn't, you know, on it. So yeah, we shall see. We shall. In other news, Beautiful has announced their yes. uh, lead, and it's somebody that we um, that we're all kind of happy that has finally gotten another lead role. I am so thrilled about this. <laughs> so, um, yes, Esther Hannaford, who listeners will know from previous episodes um, that we've spoken about, she was in the production of King Kong. Um, in the Faye Ray role. Mm-hmm. She also um, was Penny Pingleton in the Australian production of Hairspray. Um, she also starred as um, Audrey in Little Shop of Horrors, which was the kind of um, smaller kind of production that they did yeah. around, that they toured around. I think it was here. Here it was at the, um, was it at the comedy? It was at the comedy. Yeah, yeah. the comedy theatre when it was here. Um but yeah, now she's really get it, really um, headlining this show in the lead role of Carol King. So I'm absolutely thrilled for her. I think she's stunning. I think she's so so good on stage. So I think this will be amazing. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, at this stage, they haven't announced further casting. I don't believe. Um, but yes, they have announced Esther Hannaford as playing the lead role. Um, that's so cool. Like. She's, so you know, and she's so unique, I think it's yes. the thing. Like, she's not like your everyday bland blonde. She's Yeah, um, and it's exactly what you need for this show. You know, you need, like, Jesse Mueller, who play, who originated the role in the Broadway production, is that. You know, she's such a chameleon and she's so unique mm. in what she does. Yeah. So, I think it's just perfect for it. Yeah, I remember seeing her in King Kong, which, of course, was... You know, like yeah. not a great show, um, no. but she just stood out because, you know, I, and the big problem with that show was just like the, you could tell the music was written by like 50 different people. Yeah. But her songs, um, which I think might've been written by Sarah McLaughlin or something like that. Her voice, she just stood out. Like her voice was magnificent. It was yeah. incredible. So, um, yeah, I'm so glad to see that she's gotten something significant after a while of kind of like hanging around um, in smaller scale productions. Yeah, awesome. absolutely. Um, Thrilled for her. Thrilled. So and, I'm looking forward to that. And let's talk very quickly about... <laughs> so the full Monty is happening with mm. Stage Art. <laughs> mm. Now, you were telling me before about um, they, they've lined up a bunch of celebrities um, to have cameos in it. Like, what's going on there? Yeah, so we've spoken about Stage Art on this podcast before. Um, now, I'm not here to poo-poo on what they, on, you know, them as a company, um, Mm -hmm. you know. Some of their choices I question, which we've spoken about. Um, This is one of them. (laughs) 
this is one of those choices. So they're choosing for this show, The Full Monty, to uh, – and uh, look, all I can say is it's obviously for no other reason than to get people to see this show. They've chosen to stage this show at the National Theatre at an you know an 800-plus venue – Seat, seat venue as opposed to the normal um, much smaller theatre they normally perform in at Chapel of Chapel so they've really obviously got to push for ticket sales and I think this is simply a ploy to get people to see the show otherwise I don't know why else you would be doing this because the list of people Rob Mills uh, James he's El- in everything James Elmer who's apparently some type of presenter I have no idea is I've never seen it before in my life Brody Holland, who's a former Australian um, rules footballer. Um, Limo of Radio <laughs> Fame. Um, Andrew Doyle, who is a musical theatre performer. And Mike Snell, who's also a, a musical theatre performer as well. Um, so, sure, you could, you could <laughs> use the word celebrity. <laughs> throw that word around. Sure, you could use it. I can't believe they're getting Rob um, Mills. But it's, He'll be uh, taking all our amateur jobs before uh, <laughs> we know. But yeah, I really just like, you know, just I'm just calling it the way it is. This is a ploy to get ticket sales for this show, to fill this those, those, that venue for this number of seats. Considering that this show, yes, people know it from the film, but it's not a particularly great musical. Um, and it's their first show from this year. They've just come off... a hugely successful season of The Colour Purple, which has garnered them a Green Room Award nomination for the lead yeah, actress. let's talk about that. Which I don't, um, I don't agree with from the point of view of we've spoken about the fact that Stage Art are not a professional company. They don't pay their performers at professional rates. Therefore, they are not a professional company. I think it's, a, for me, it's as simple as that. Like, don't, call yourself a professional company unless you're paying your members of the members of your company at a professional equity rate. And that's, and you're not doing that. Yeah. You are a profit share company. Your performers get paid at a percentage of your ticket sales, whatever it is, whatever the contract they sign. Yeah. So to be, yeah, like, you know, I'm not saying that this is not got nothing to do with this actress performance in the role. It's not about that. I'm sure she was wonderful you know, good on her for getting a nomination. But I just feel like for this company to be included at, in a, an awards, in awards that are really supposed to be for professional standard shows, I'm not comfortable with it. Uh, but I don't know. Maybe I'm overreacting. Maybe it's – but that's just what I, I just how I feel about it. I just have nothing left to say. I mean, there's just – I'm not sure what, what's left that could really surprise me about stage art. Mm. And that's that. The right. casting of Memphis, I'm sure, will be surprising. <sighs> Don't even get me anyway, started on that. moving along. <laughs> moving along. Okay, so – the new Broadway season is upon us, which yes. is very exciting. <laughs> um, and one of the shows that's coming for a limited run is Sunday in the Park with George, which had uh, it's already had a one-night-only run, I believe, at Lincoln Centre or something like that a while mm. ago with Annalee Ashford and Jake Gyllenhaal. Yes. Um, how do you feel about that? I absolutely adore this show. Yep. Adore it. I think it's a beautiful, beautiful show, um, and I and Jake Gyllenhaal's really quite, um, 
I, I really appreciate what he's doing. Like, you know, he kind of, he did, he recently did that production of Little Shop um, mm. with Ellen Green. Yeah. Still, still doing it, but, yeah. um, you know, but now to see him in this, which is something, you know, it was, that was f- fun to see him in that because it was kind of a kooky kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I think in this, um, he's really in his element, I feel like, from, you know, little clips and things that I've seen from it so far. Um, yeah, I, I'm excited about it. I'm excited about it. He sounds good. Yeah. You know, he sounds good he singing do, he the can role. Really he really do can, no wrong. No, yeah. he can't. Um, you know, he's. we know he's, um, a, 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 you know, what his acting talents are like. Sorry about that. <laughs> We know what his acting talents are like. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited that this is actually getting a Broadway revival out of this production. I think it's great. Yeah. Um, they did a Broadway revival in, back in 2006 or 2007 or something. Um, Which was like a transfer of a, of a, of a the London production. Yeah, yes. the London one. Yeah. Um, and I thought that that, was, that looks pretty cool as well and, you know, kind of different and mm. blah, blah, blah. But this just seems like there's just a lot of heart in it and i and i like to see that on broadway i think it's really cool every now and then to do it so um they've also disqualified themselves essentially from um any uh tumb- uh any tony um nominations um because they're gonna have such a short run yes which i thought was so you know honorable yeah um and which kind of also um is a great segue into our next uh revival which is what we've long spoken about, Sunset Boulevard. <laughs> Jesus Sunset Christ. Boulevard is oh, back kill on it. Broadway. Kill it. And uh, listen, I think it's <laughs> I think it's great that um, Lloyd Webber is you know is back and you know he's Still got fifty shows garbage. on Broadway again, <laughs> and I just think it's marvelous that uh, you know um, he's decided to bring this piece. Back to That's life. That's one now, word for it. This is again a London. This is a London transfer of yes. um, what they did at the Coliseum in uh, in the West End, with you know bringing Glenn Close back to. And what did they do? <laughs> they well, here's what they've done. As we've spoken about on this show before, they've 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 got it like a forty piece orchestra or mm. a fifty piece orchestra or an eighty hundred piece orchestra, whatever the fuck it is, <laughs> and they've got Glenn. A lot of people, and that's where all the money's going. No money left for set, you know, uh, the original Sunset Boulevard had this, you know, by all accounts, monstrous set. That yes. was just like another character in the show, whereas this um, has, has no set, none, um, except for a couple of, you know. It's essentially a Deacon drama and, production of Sunset Boulevard. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Well, I didn't want to say it. But, um, some chairs. They've got a couple of. The platform. Yeah, a couple of. But, you know, like it's, 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 it's so funny looking at, at, at a John Doyle production, mm. looking at Sweeney Todd. Mm. I was watching the other day, you know, The Colour Purple that was on Broadway very recently, Company. Like that is a way that you scale down a show. Yeah, it's a clever way. It's very clever, yes. This is a stupid way. <laughs> it really is. And then they've scaled down the set and everything and they've pumped up the orchestra. Yeah. I remember the orchestra being like such a huge, like, you know, element of Sunset's failure no. in the beginning. I'm pretty sure that the set was too expensive. The leading lady was always too expensive. There were too many lawsuits and it could never make any money. That's what I remember of yeah. Sunset Boulevard. And also it was kind of a bit shit. It's yeah, it kind of is. And true to form, that's what all the reviews have said. 
But also true to form, they've all said that Glenn Close is a fucking shining diamond no. in this production. They no. said all the British actors that transferred into the other lead roles were bland, but they've said that Glenn is an absolute diamond in the rough in this thing. Um, and, you know, the set's a bit simple and the orchestra is very lush and blah, blah, blah. Um, the fact that this is a show that, you know, they've stripped down and now the story... <laughs> <laughs> the script is standing out there yeah. naked Exposed um, And it's not the script's fault It's just the music really I yeah. think Which this this is meant to be similar to Phantom In that like m- most of the stuff is sung And but most the of the stuff also, doesn't need to be sung Yes And the music's very hit and miss in Sunset Much yeah. more so than Phantom It's just like you get some great highs with As if you never said goodbye And with one look you know And then the rest of it is absolute garbage Yeah Absolute garbage. <laughs> um, so, yeah, apparently Glenn Close is cranking it out every night. Oh, well, good on you, Glenn. Yelling her way through this one yeah. yet again, as you can see from the trailer, where they put auto-tune on her voice, um, and she's uh, brought something different to this production mm. than what she did 20 years ago. Still waiting to see what that is. <laughs> and whether she'll be nominated for a Tony or not, I just bet you she will, because Lloyd Webber will want to... Cash in on any sort of award he can get for this thing. The polar opposite of what Sunset, uh, of what Sunday in the Park with George is doing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, dear Evan Hansen. Oh, don't is finally on Broadway, and <sighs> the soundtrack is out. And I know that I and a lot of people in this community are just going nuts for it. We are, and my I absolutely love, love, love this this music this show and i know it's very it's always a thing when a new show comes out every pleb and his dog jumps on the bandwagon and it's like 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 you know happens it happens with every show mm-hmm. but i really passionately believe this show deserves every praise like all praise that it gets and it deserves to be listened to and deserves to to be watched and yeah it's i think it's a Wonderful story. I think it's great music. Mm. I think it's the best work that um, Pasek and Paul have done. And it's such um, a great... So, um, thus far, I think it's, yeah, I think yeah. it's stunning. Well, it could be a very, very big year for Pasek and Paul mm. because they're also nominated for two Oscars uh, for two songs. So they did the songs in La La Land, mm. which is interesting because Ben Platt is the lead in Dear Evan Hansen. Mm. His father is Mark Platt, who is the producer mm. of La La Land. Um, and La La Land have had, you know, Pascal and Paul um, do uh, all of their songs. So I this could well be their year to kind of beat Lin-Manuel Miranda, who's also nominated for an Oscar for um, Moana, mm. um, to the EGOT, potentially. Um, or at least a couple of letters in that um, mm. in that in that word, but um, yeah. Regardless, I think I've, I, I remember watching their old series, The Batteries Down. Yes, I remember watching that. And I love that. I, I love that. that. They've and now come to see from them there. Grow yeah, to this, absolutely. Um, and they did Dogfight as well. Mm. And, um, I, I think it's just phenomenal. And yeah. 
it's, you know, like Hamilton, I feel like there's only going to be a, two, a few times where, you know, the more musicals that you see and hear, the harder and harder it gets to kind of wow you. And I think yeah. this, this it's interesting, this style of music we've heard before. We definitely have heard it, but I think... You know, next to normal Spring Awakening, we've, we've done this before, but there's something... There is, there's something about it. Mixed with the story as well. Yeah, and, and it's just it just makes me so happy when good, you know, original stories emerge yeah and it it only happens very rare these days it's every it's only every so often unfortunately with the way the industry is you know every 10th show has something original and everything else is you know about a famous singer or a a fucking Mm -hmm. based on somebody's life or a movie or something else Mm -hmm. so this you know that's what i love about this as well is that not only is it original but it's a good original story it's actually worthwhile it's worthwhile and it's you know it's been written well it seems to be quite a theme at the moment this kind of lead character Mm. um and that sort of is probably a good springboard into um some of the shows that i saw in london yes um so over the uh, Christmas and New Year's Yes, you were jet globe trotting. Globe trotting um, <laughs> to Europe, and um, I got to go to London. And the first thing that I saw, thank goodness, um, at the TKTS booth, I found I got tickets to. Um, there were only three left as well, which was great. Um, cheap tickets to Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime, which. I wanted to see. Yes. I just knew I had to see it um, and everyone had told me that I'd like it and I knew from, you know, just seeing the trailers and stuff of it um, years ago when it was on Broadway um, that it would be something that would be, you know, interesting to me and it absolutely was. Mm. It was just incredible and, you know, it centres around an autistic boy um, and, uh, you know, the, the sort of... It, it makes so much sense. It's not gimmicky in a way. There's a lot of, you know, technology used yeah. to tell this story. It's very visual. Um, but it wasn't gimmicky because you kind of put it together that this is the way that this person thinks. He thinks in objects. Mm. He thinks in signs. He thinks in, you know, images. And um, and it was just sensational. Multiple tears. Um, you know, it, it was absolutely incredible. And I urge anyone who's um, who's around it to go and see it um, because it's it's an absolutely wonderful piece of theatre. Um, I saw that and I also saw um, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, which we um, pre-booked tickets for and it's incredibly expensive because there's two parts, two full parts mm. of it, basically two shows. Um, we saw both parts in one day, um, which was great, and it was... You know, it, a visual spectacular, mm. but it was also really, really. It sent. It's set thirty years after where the Harry Potter um, series has ended. Yeah, thirty years after. Look, a while after. Yeah, where the Harry Potter series has ended. Um, maybe not thirty years after. Um, but uh, it was truly fantastic. And what I noticed was similar between Curious and um, Harry Potter. And thank God the West End has given us something other than fucking jukebox musicals. Mm. I was worried they would never give us something innovative again. Was these two things are these two shows are plays? Yes, and they both had moments of music and interpretive dance in them. And I just thought that that was fantastic mm. because they just ended up being the emotional peaks of these shows. 
um, just without any words, without any overacting, just by certain movements in transitions or certain whole vignettes that were just fully, um, you know, fully not even danced, but just, you know, choreographed, essentially choreographed Mm. movement were just, you know, absolutely heartbreaking. There's a moment in Harry Potter where it's just heartbreaking and nothing is said. Mm. Um, Harry Potter also uses the music of Imogen Heap, who I'm a big fan of. So it felt very familiar to me and it felt like it was just an experience I needed to have. So I'm really excited that there's finally something emerging out Mm. of um, the West End again Mm. that is uh, not trashy. Yeah. Um, And I think it's great that um, hopefully it'll lead more... uh, composers and producers and writers to start thinking of these pieces less as this is a musical so it's got to be like this less as this is a play so it's got to be like this yeah less formulaic yeah and more as this is a story Mm. and if music goes here music goes here if dance goes here dance goes here Mm. um i thought that that was excellent interesting to note that with both of those shows uh london audiences are very polite Mm. let's just say um polite clapping at the end of both of those, um, you know, I was in tears. Um, they were both incredible. The one show that did get a standing ovation, I uh, was not sure that I agreed with. On the final, uh, the final show I saw in the West End was School of Rock. <laughs> and once again, we go back to talking about Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yeah, well. School of Rock, I, it wasn't looking good. Yeah. We'd seen these two amazing shows in the days leading up to it. I think the day of School of Rock, we'd done the Harry Potter, we'd done the Harry Potter tour. Yes. Um, of the studios, and then we, uh, by the time we needed to go to School of Rock, it felt like a bit of a chore. Mm. We pre-booked the tickets for some stupid reason, I don't know why, and here we were, locked into this show that we were kind of like, well, it's probably not going to be great. Mm. It was woeful. Oh god. It was. Absolutely woeful. It is, and and again, similar to Sunset Boulevard. Sunset Boulevard is now not like putting School of Rock the movie like on the same level as Sunset Boulevard the movie, but Sunset Boulevard is one of the best films ever, yeah. in my opinion. It is a perfect script. The dialogue is fantastic, and it you know it goes along. What Andrew Lloyd did with that show was put it on stage, but take half the dialogue out yeah. of it and you know make it a song. The man um, has... And, and a reprise, <laughs> you know, and then give the fucking chorus an unnecessary song that doesn't move the story forward, but just gives them something to do. Yeah. And gives them some, some ridiculous notes to sing, which nobody wants to hear. No. He did exactly the same thing with School of Rock. Yeah. The yeah. man really has a gift. He does. For taking decent Beautiful things, things and ruining them. Destroying them. them. Yeah. yeah. Because, yeah, as you say, School of Rock, it's not as if it's some, you know, like... <laughs> world-renowned classic but it is a very entertaining film and was very very popular for good reason and it was like the first dvd i think i ever had and so i knew it Mm. back and the thing is he still used a number of the songs from the film oh let me tell you he still used every song yes pretty much even songs uh themselves he used the stevie nicks song which happens in the film um, while they're in the bar and it comes onto the jukebox or whatever. Mm. He literally just played the Stevie Nicks song in it. Great. So, you know, there's that. Um, but, yeah, he used all of the kind of original songs from the film 
Um, he added a song called The School of Rock just so that there could be a reprise every 60 seconds because, you know, he can't seem to, you know, bear writing a show that doesn't have one of those. <laughs> and um, then he um, gave the school teachers who, similar to what Jake Remington said um, on his first episode of the Dominance Love Show last year when he was talking about seeing Chicago yes. on Broadway and how it was a tired old show and it looked like everyone in the ensemble had auditioned for every other show on Broadway and this was the only one they could get into and they mm. just weren't you know, very happy about it. It was pretty much like watching the ensemble of this show. All the They played you know, the school teachers, but they also played the parents of the kids. Couldn't hold an American accent. A lot of overacting going on and a lot of just terrible, terrible, terrible kind of characterizations. Mm. Um, and it was like, wow, this is the West End. Here we are. Um, the kids, obviously very talented. Yeah. Um, again, couldn't quite hold, you know, not, not great actors, um, but, you know, could play their instruments and sing and stuff, which was great. Um, they really, the band were in the top right um, corner. Uh, and they really made a point of having the band. It's all designed like a rock show. Yeah. So like you, you, the theatre is kind of designed as if you know you're in a big rock stadium. Right. And you could see the band in the top right corner, and they would they were it was like a balcony kind of thing. Right. And they were while the kids were playing, they made a point of getting the band to like stand up and be looking from the side, just so they could be like, see. The kids are actually playing. It's not the band. Oh, it was like goodness! And sake. that is the only selling point of this. This show, is the slaves. only thing salvaging this that show. Is it? Yeah. And then the the person playing the lead, the Jack Black character, this poor man, struggling to all the dialogues the same, all of his songs are the same as the film, struggling to string out these lines that we know are coming mm. that are exactly the same as the film because the script's exactly identical trying his best to just make it a little bit different mm. so that people don't just go, you know, ah, blah, it's just the Jack Black character. He did a great job. Jack Black 3 did a great <laughs> job. <laughs> so it was absolute trash. And great. The, the, the top, the tipper of it all was that at the very end, everyone stood up. Mm, and doesn't that really... A fucking standing ovation. And there I was... Sitting there going, no, yeah, sit down. So I don't know what kind of spell Lord yeah, Lloyd Webber has cast about that strip of theatres, but fuck. Oh, probably because he owns about most fucking like, half of them. Yeah, but. well, yeah. So there you go. Great. The West End. <laughs> it's doing well. Well, I am glad to hear there is some good shows still there, yeah. still getting by. We're going to take a little break. This is the Dom and Slev Show. We're not here to win. We're here to rock. You're in the band. You're in the band. You're in the band. And we're back. 
Now, Slevs, you saw a couple of shows over the last few months as well. Um, why don't you tell us about it? Yes, I went to see Kinky Boots just before Christmas. What did you think? <laughs> so I had been a, a long-time fan of the soundtrack it and a long-time Billy Porter fan, as you know. It lifts me up, if you will. It does. Um, probably shouldn't have won a Tony, but absolutely <laughs> deserves... Um, you know, to be praised because I think it's just a hit. Yeah. I think it's catchy. It's got great heart. Um, the, you know. And I'm so glad it's it seems to be doing well. Here. Yes, Because as we spoke it's, about, it, it didn't seem like it was, you know, really a surefire hit. Mm, I was concerned because they here. didn't really cast any kind of, you know, they didn't really have any names for want of a better word, which is good. Yeah. You know, but also not good for marketing purposes. Yeah. But, they didn't have any big names to kind of sell it. They were they you using Callum Francis in this production who had played it on the West End. Mm. Who I thankfully got to see. I know he's had um, a bit of time off mm-hmm. throughout quite quite a bit of time off throughout the Melbourne season. Right. Um, so there's been a, and so has Toby Francis who plays um, Charlie. So they've both understudies have been getting a lot of shows um, mm. while it's been here but i thankfully got to see the original cast when i saw it and i absolutely loved it loved it yeah loved it went with my, went with my parents um they'd gotten tickets for me for my birthday we actually went um yeah it was around my birthday i can't remember exactly when but um yeah absolutely loved it loved it, it was just yeah it was i thought it was the performances were great it had so much energy it was just uh, yeah was great it didn't feel tired or like you know or like that's great yeah it's just been rehashed while, you know yeah. it was yeah it was just great it was yeah i just loved it loved it i wonder what it's like on broadway i think it's so clever moment. i think the set's so clever the way it kind of all moves around it, mm. the show flows it's just so, so tight it's, it's very so um, tight Jerry the show Mitchell, flows so know, well tight um yeah uh todrick hall's doing it on broadway at the moment yes isn't he? Um, which it's just like such a perfect piece of, um, you know, celebrity casting yeah. for that show. That's still going. It's yeah. so impressive that a show about that is still going. Yeah. But I just love that um, I've been recently watching <laughs> RuPaul's Drag Race. Yes. Finally. <laughs> You're finally, finally I'm up to on season three board. and I'm loving yes. it. Um, but it is just so incredible that, um, you know, that, 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 type of, uh, that type of man you know, slash woman, but, you know, men who like to wear drag, um, as well as, you know, on the other side of the coin, you know, transgender people are really coming into um, media a lot more. Yeah, um, absolutely. And yes, it's kind of, but, but but I will say, you know, like Kinky Boots, like it does have, somebody said to me the other day, I was like, I loved the show, terrible name though. And I was like, yeah, maybe. Like it's... Yeah, maybe it is, but... It's, you know, it's it's lucky that it's gotten the message across, yeah. you know, uh, if not in the marketing, in the word of mouth. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it is interesting. Like we, like we said at the beginning, it's not as edgy as the title may suggest. No. I guess. It's, but but it's I think it, I think it's a clever title as well because it's mm. going to catch people's attention. Yeah. Kinky Boots, like, what is this mm. kind of thing? Because the film is very much, you know, it was very much an independent kind of release you know and i love the film and it's not you know if it's not exactly the same as the film it's not a replica of the film in any way but i think it takes enough of the film and you know 
has it's Harvey given in his another wheelhouse, spin. really. Yeah, absolutely. Which is good. And it's yeah. I just like want to. <laughs> I just feel like it would have been a nightmare to work with Cindy on this, though. She would have been. She wrote some amazing songs, but I just can't imagine that like. It was a breeze. No, I, I wouldn't think so. I wouldn't think so. I mean, you know, she's written some incredible stuff, but I just I just don't see it, you know, like being the same experience as working with, you know, a sundial. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not. But no. she certainly did a brilliant job. And yeah. I'm sure, you know, I can only assume that Stephen Aramis also had a fair hand in the quite year. a bit to do with it absolutely and <laughs> so I, there are those moments where you can see like oh this began as this kind of song yeah. and now it's in this part they turned it into a musical number yeah absolutely but it's yeah i think it's just a wonderful show i'm so glad it's doing so well here it's just you know it's just gone to sydney um and starting there and yeah i'm just thrilled and i think like I'm just so glad that, you know, I just really hope audiences continue to embrace it here. I think Mel, like the night I was there, it was such a range of ages and, you know, backgrounds and, Mm. you know, there wasn't like, it wasn't like, oh, just, it's going to sound, stay with me. But it wasn't like, you know, which some people might expect. It wasn't like it was just a show where, oh, well, all the, you know, all the LGBTI communities here and that's kind of it, you know. Which it could have been. That's not offensive in any way. I'm just, you know, these. Though you would expect that there is a societal kind of expectation that, uh, you know, but gay that's pe- got a that, ceiling. Like that, like yeah, the gay people who identify as gay would go and see the show. Yeah. But I think it's wonderful that, yes, they saw the show, but so did all these other people. Yeah. You know, heterosexuals, you know, supported it. You know. Everyone in between. It's so got a wide appeal. It's a wide it's appealing a, got show. Got a wide appeal, absolutely. And I'm glad it's been embraced in that way. So that yeah, I loved it. Um, and then I went to see something completely different. Um, I'm all about seeing. I really want to see more theatre this year. I didn't really get to see a lot of theatre last year. Mm. Professional theatre, I mean. Yeah. Um, and particularly plays. I really enjoy watching plays and um i used to see a lot of plays but i've just been you know haven't really invested much recently yeah but i went to see um earlier this month i went to see the encounter at malthouse theater right which is um which was a show that was on broadway um that i had been recommended um i went with amy uh, and it'd been recommended by amy bryan amy bryan sorry Full names here, sorry. I went with Amy Bryans. It had been recommended to her by Richard Perdrio, who directed mm. The Pajama Game. He'd the seen award-winning <laughs> Pajama Game. He'd seen it on Broadway when he was in New York just last year. Um, and he recommended so Is this it like it. the actual production of, from Broadway that they've... Essentially, yes. It's not the same performer, but it is this the production. It's originally a British... Um, production. It's a, a UK-based company called Complicit, who okay. created the, the show. And it's directed by Simon McBurney. And basically it's based on this um, story of a National, Ge- National Geographic photographer called Lauren McIntyre, who um, in 1969 got lost on a trip. He went to travel to the Amazon and um, was kind of dropped by a helicopter into the middle of the Amazon to take photographs um, of the um, people who lived there mm-hmm. in this um, part of the Amazon, the Javari Valley. Mm-hmm. 
um, and then found himself kind of living with them and become and sort of got taken in by their culture and um, you know so that's the kind of the story that it travels so it is look you could argue I don't know how much of it is true um, a lot of it is just based on his written retellings of what happened to him there's not a lot of physical evidence um, we know that he went there um, because you know he was doing a research trip that he was taking photos for National Geographic. Mm-hmm. But as to exactly what happened to him while he was there, it's a bit sort of, well, this is what he said. And Slevs but is sceptical. No, I'm not. I, I'm just saying there are those that would argue that did this really happen? Which but brings us not to even, shut it down. That's, Enough of these. But it's, that's <laughs> not... Trumped up. <laughs> but that doesn't matter. Like whether or not it's true doesn't matter. The show is brilliant. It's Lovely. absolutely brilliant. Um, it's not for everyone, I will say that, okay. um, because from the beginning of the production, you wear headphones okay. and you wear headphones for the entire performance. Okay. So there's a lot of technology used, um, like you were saying with Curious Incident, except that it's a lot of sound... Um, scapes. Soundscapes. That the, it's just a one-man one show, one performer. So it's basically... a. Uh, there's no uh, interval. It's essentially a two-hour monologue. So it's full on. If we ever do a show, can we call it no interval? No interval. <laughs> but it's incredible. It's incredible that this guy... And I think, look, to be honest with you, again, um, this is not me being a sceptic because, hello, it's a fucking two-hour monologue. But I'm certain there was like some type of teleprompter running at the back of the theatre. But being that it's a two-hour monologue... I'm not surprised. It may have just been prompts for him or something because, you know, it's all spoken word. Why so can't of you him just enjoy the illusion? Retelling the story. I didn't, I only noticed it at the end. I didn't, like, I didn't think about it during it, but I only noticed at the end. And I wasn't like, oh, that's fucking outrageous. How can you not remember two <laughs> hours of left. lines? He ripped up his headphones. It didn't even matter because he was an incredible performer, the guy that I wish I could remember his name, but, um, Oh, well. But it doesn't matter. Rob Mills. We'll no, it, it wasn't. I think it was Richard or something. He was a British guy. But anyway, incredible performer um, because he tells the story sort of as himself and then kind of transforms into Lauren McIntyre, who was an American um, and has like an incredible American accent for someone who's not American. Wow. Um, it was just fantastic. That, and the whole, just as a whole oral experience, you could watch the entire show with your eyes closed. Mm. You honestly could. I didn't. I chose to have the, to keep my yeah, eyes what's open. What's actually happening on stage? On stage, he's kind of, it is very much a visual show as well because he's moving okay. around the stage as he tells the story. There's lighting going on. but And he also uses bits of material to make sounds to create the kind of, landscape and, gets, and that sort of thing. like looped and stuff. Yeah, it gets, there's looping going on. Um, he also has like a tape recorder that he plays certain things on because right. he's had all, you know, from interviews with people um, that he's interviewed for the show um, that knew Lauren or whatever it was or that work for organisations that support Indigenous people, right. that, that kind of thing that, you know, or like people who know about this, the culture of the people that live in this part of the Amazon. But it's just this incredible show. It's just, you know, it's so, such a different story to tell. I didn't have no idea about the story of this guy. You know, it's not something that, it's probably not a, a huge news 
thing that you would know about. Mm-hmm. Uh, it happened, you know, quite a long time ago. But yeah, it was just incredibly told the way the show's been created. It's just brilliant. So if it ever comes back again, or you've or you're somewhere where it's playing, I urge you to see it. It's really worth worth seeing. There you go. Yeah. The Encounter. The Encounter. At the Malthouse. And I'm seeing another Malthouse show in a couple of weeks called The Homosexuals or Faggots. Slaps. Uh, which is a um, apparently a whole farce all about kind of political correctness. So I'm very keen to see that. It looks very interesting. Oh, I can't wait to hear more about it after you see it. Mm. All right. Well, this is the Dom and Slev show. We'll be back with Shut It Down. Alone, that's all in the past. You're listening to the Dom and Slev show. It's time for Shut It Down. <laughs> well, cool. <laughs> so this week we want to shut down. Look, let's take a second here. It's February. It's February. Whatever you planned to do on the 31st of December <laughs> last year. In 2017, and you were going to do it for the whole year, it was going to be your New Year's resolution, is surely done by now. Tell me, has it happened? (laughs) Because I bet you it hasn't. Going to the gym, eating healthy, sleeping more, drinking less coffee, (laughs) reading more books. Mm. That's well and truly shut down Kiss it goodbye. Kiss it goodbye. So we want to do a belated shut it down to New Year's resolutions and a more more of a lift it up <laughs> to the way that you should be living your life. Embrace the mess that you are. <laughs> That's my resolution for you. I am not on board with New Year's resolutions. I refuse to make them anymore because I think they're garbage. They never – you nine times out of ten, you never, ever do finish them. You never – Stick to what you're going to say. Every time I've made them in the past, I've been like, this is going to be a great year because I'm going to do this, this and this. No. I get to the end of the year. I still hate myself. I've done nothing I wanted to do. Like, you know, and it's just gone nowhere. So instead, come into it with a positive attitude of this is reality (laughs) and this is it. I'm not going to achieve whatever stupid thing I wanted to. Forget about it. And just embrace the mess that you are. (laughs) I began this year coming back from Europe. I was like, I I was in Amsterdam for a bit and everyone rides bikes. Obviously there, it's the big thing to do. And I was like, yes, like everyone rides bikes A to B there. It is, it is the thing that you do. And it's such a, you know, romantic city. And I was like, yes, I've got this bike. I barely, I probably bought and rode it three times last year. And it's just sitting in my fucking car park downstairs. And uh, why don't I do that more? Get to Melbourne, and I think on day two, I rode my bike to the city. 
and rode it home. And I was like, ooh, that was hard. On day three, I rode it to work. And it has been at work. (laughs) (laughs) Ever since. (laughs) And that, ladies and gentlemen, is... is a new A perfect example of why they're a waste of time. (laughs) Because it's... Isn't it always? It's always, I'm going to ride my bike or I'm going to stop drinking or I'm going to quit smoking or I'm going to be healthy. It's always some stupid thing like that. And let me you know tell what? you. <laughs> Here it is. If you, if there's something you want to do this year, you don't like, just do it. Don't sit there on the 31st of Jan and make some fucking long-term plan about it. Just do it. Like I said, this was something I said before new year's last year, but I said, I'm thinking about joining this choir you know, Melbourne Singers of Gospel. Mm. And I did it. Did I make it a resolution? No, I did not. But I'm doing it. And I think that is a much more realistic way to do it. Because to be sitting there at the start of the year and making all these like airy fucking fairy like <laughs> stupid things. No, no. Because they're never, you're not going to do it. You know what I'm doing more? Working from home. Staying home more, <laughs> sleeping in my bed as much as I can. Do it while you can. Because I've got nowhere to get around because my bike is at work. <laughs> but seriously, the reality of life just gets back in the way. Yeah. Like Melbourne, especially with things like I, what I was kind of telling myself to do, Melbourne is not Europe. Melbourne, with riding bikes, the infrastructure is not there and it's dangerous. Riding to the city... You could be hit at any moment. (laughs) Yes, by a tram, by a pedestrian, (laughs) by a car, just everything. But but by another cyclist, I think is the biggest thing. Yes. Um, I think another thing that I, I loved in Europe was that I wasn't drinking a lot and I wasn't drinking a lot of coffee. And let me tell you... I'm drinking more and what happened? coffee than I have ever drunk in my life. I'm basically on a permanent drip <laughs> just pouring into my veins. Oh, I'll tell you what, it's 10.30 at night now and I'm dripping away here. <laughs> I'm either drunk or I'm going nuts off of coffee. And I need more coffee because I'm not getting any sleep. Yeah. So let me tell you, whatever you planned to do this year, can it? And come the 30 f- fucking 1st of December this year, I don't want anyone sitting there making resolutions or the following day for that matter. Exactly. I mean, how could how good could your resolutions have been? You're listening to our fucking show. Yeah. Anyway, that is the Dom and Slev show for this week. Before we go, we've got a <laughs> bit of a shout out to to make to our doppelganger of a of a podcast. That Slev's uh, I, pointedly pointed out to me. I did. It's called Every Musical Ever. <laughs> it is an Australian-based podcast. I think it's based mm, in. It's actually based in Sydney, mm. but it is. Um, yeah, every episode basically they talk about a different musical. It's hosted by this guy Richard Carroll, who's heavily involved at the Hayes Theatre. Mm. The first episode went up. I had a listen. Mm. Curiosity. Um, got the better of me and I had a listen. And the first episode is um, he has a different guest on each month. Mm-hmm. So that also sounds to me, yeah, but 
Um, David, so where's our guest this oh, month? Not this month, but <laughs> um, David and Lisa Campbell were on the first episode talking about all things lame is. Uh, I think the next episode is going to be with featuring Virginia Gay talking about Funny Girl. So it's this, yeah. They just talk about one show, but um, yeah, sounds familiar. <laughs> well, to them we say good luck. Sleves has listened to it. Sleves loves it. I listened to it. I loved the first episode because essentially show. it was just. You know, a bunch of people sitting around Switch it on. over a glass of bottle of wine and having a chat. Mm, yeah. Yeah. When so, we got that idea. Yeah, exactly. Slips and I are going to start drinking more. Start competing. I don't need to do that. More guests. <laughs> David Campbell, come on our show. Yeah, here's your invite. No, actually, I want Lisa. <laughs> she was more interesting. David was boring. All right, Lisa Campbell. The invite is out there. <laughs> anyway, thank you for joining us this month. Yes, thank you. It's been lovely. Yes, it's we're wonderful glad to, to be back. back for another year. Please keep listening. Another year of our escapades and uh, we'll see you next month. Yes. <laughs>